You're listening to the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Alabama first and 10 on the 12. Again, Houston. He's got a hole. He's over. Alabama touchdown. I'm just wondering if your listeners know how good a football player you were. I can still see you playing that fullback, knocking those players out of the, out of the way. And I believe I could have run behind you. Martin, I can remember when we came to center and you were playing fullback up there. And I saw you in the weight room and watched the watch workout in the weight room. If you could pick up, you were strong enough to pick up the whole weight room. I wanted to pick it and I run in that place in fact. Biggest, biggest mistake we ever made. The Martin Houston Show with national championship winning fullback Martin Houston. Giving you one hour of intense, hard-hitting analysis from an insider's perspective. It's time for the Martin Houston Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Martin Houston Show, sponsored by the Taco Costa Hotline. We're taking your phone calls this morning. Call in at 205-342-9904. I am your host this week, Kendall Hullow. I got the my man Joe Gaither with me behind the glass. He's on the phone. Joe, how you doing this morning? What's happening, Kendall? The hump man? day. Yes, it is. Yeah, excited to be here. You having a good day so far? It's going good, yeah. Not as cold as it was yesterday morning. The rows are a little bit clear, so that's always a good sign. Absolutely. Great to be here. Get get in safe. Yesterday, kind of had to uh, stuck on a fence what to, what, what to do. I, chose, I, chose, I opted for uh, maximum safety. Yeah. So on Monday when you said uh, you didn't believe it was actually cold outside for yesterday, did you actually think it was cold yesterday finally? It was chilly. Yeah, it was cold. I uh, ended up getting a run in the middle of the day. So it, it was cold, but uh, definitely in the morning for sure. <laughs> it was. Uh, taking your phone calls at 205-342-9904. Um, I want to start with some Alabama basketball. Uh, so they moved up to number eight in the latest AP poll from number 11. So they remain the only SEC team ranked in the top 10. Um, and it's been that way for some time now. They have a three-and-a-half game lead in the conference over LSU and Arkansas with only five games left. So uh, fast approaching a, a conference championship in football and in basketball. Uh, they'll face Texas A&M this week, who ranks 13th in the conference, and Vanderbilt on Saturday, who ranks last in the conference. So the faster that the Alabama can wrap up this uh, conference championship, the faster they can get guys like Herb Jones some rest so they can get him close to 100% as possible for the NCAA tournament. Because you need your stars if you're going to make a run at this. They need Herb Jones close to 100% as possible. Um, and then it could also give some other guys some break if they can do this. Uh, maybe someone like Petty or uh, some of these other older guys, if they can wrap it up, uh, get a break, not only physically, but uh, also mentally, because that can go a long way for uh, making a making a big-time run. Because it's been a long season for these guys. Uh, wear and tear on a, on a regular season and then also dealing with the pandemic and everything else going on so having a couple days to yourself uh, a couple days off can go a long way for making a run at the SEC tournament winning a championship there and also making a run at a national championship I know everybody in Alabama would love that one in football and in basketball uh, so I want to uh, I want to go to the quarterback situation for Alabama we talked a lot about on Monday about some of these NFL teams like Deshaun Watson and Ben Roethlisberger and Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. So I want to focus on the quarterbacks for Alabama. There's no debate about it. Bryce Young is the guy for Alabama. There's no quote-unquote competition. Well, there will be, but Bryce Young is your guy moving forward. He's a former five-star quarterback out of California, primed to become a star here at Alabama. And I know Alabama hasn't had the best experience with quarterbacks from Southern California. I uh, don't need to get into uh, specifics there, but I'm here to tell the people of Tuscaloosa and all Alabama fans out there that Bryce Young is special. You have a special quarterback here in town. So let's talk about him as a quarterback. No, he's not the biggest guy. He's around 5'11", 6 feet tall, roughly around 200 pounds or so. Uh, and that's okay because you no longer have to be this 6'4", six, 6'5", six, guy, you know, big, 230 uh, to be successful at the position, you don't even have to be 6'2 at this point. Guys like Kyler Murray, 
Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, Baker Mayfield this past season proved that you don't have to be the biggest guy out there to be successful at this position. There's multiple ways to be it. You could be 6'6", you know, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, you can be 5'9", 5'10", like Kyler Murray. You don't, you don't have to be – there's no one way to play this position anymore. That's no longer the case. Uh, Aaron Rodgers isn't the biggest guy out there. Um, so I was getting more about Bryce Young as, as a quarterback. He's a very athletic quarterback. So he's really different to what Alabama has had in the past. You know, Mac Jones last year was a, a pure pocket passer to a kind of the same way, but he can, he can move a little bit, especially well in the pocket. Jalen Hurts, you know, a little more athleticism there. Uh, he had some wiggle to him, you know, had a burst to him, but he was more of a power runner, uh, Bryce Young is just is just an elusive guy out there. Um, so his athleticism allows them to do more within the, within the offense. Get him out on the move a little more. Uh, you know, maybe a little more read option, maybe more quarterback power in that kind of sense. Something that uses his legs. And he's very good at making a play when the when the, when everything around him breaks down. Very Russell Wilson esque, which is kind of what you need. You need a guy that can go out there. And make a play when things are breaking down. Make something off script. Uh, Zach Poff is a um, a guy who covers high school football for for Max Preps, and he described Bryce Young as a better high school quarterback than Kyler Murray is. So there's the praise going for him, and that's kind of that's kind of what he is as a quarterback. He's Kyler Murray, and if you're an Alabama fan, and you say that having a quarterback that's like that is not good enough, then you're really fooling yourself. Because to have somebody like that, uh, in addition to the weapons that they have on offense, what they have on running back, it's just it's just a new look than what Alabama has seen in the past. And I think having a year to really sit, uh, learn, and watch Mac Jones will prove to be very beneficial for him. Uh, a year to get stronger in the weight room, see how Mac Jones prepares in the film room, uh, on pra- on the practice field, and makes in-game adjustments goes a long way. Uh, and he was also a guy that got a lot of reps last year. So it's not like he's brand new, like he hasn't seen the college field. He played, appeared in, I think, nine games last year. So he has some experience. And one thing that I really like that Coach Saban did with Bryce Young last year is that when he put him in, he didn't just put him in to, you know, hand the ball off and, you know, run out the game. He actually let him go out there. He ran plays, and he let him throw the ball uh, a couple of re- and he did it with starters in there. There were there were a few times that Devontae Smith and and guys like that were still in the game when when Bryce Young came in for for Mac Jones. And a couple reasons that uh, Coach Saban did that: one, because uh, he knows he might have needed Bryce Young at some point during the season uh, if something happened to Mac Jones, especially after seeing two go down and back to back seasons. Coach Saban, more than anybody at this point, knows the importance of having a very good backup quarterback, someone that is ready to go at all times. Uh, and another reason is because he knows how talented he is. And even though Mac Jones is going out there and he was incredible, uh, you know Saban's always looking, uh, Coach Saban's always probably looking down the line. So, I mean, to have him ready to go, have him get those game reps proved and will prove down the line to be very important instead of, you know, when they're up 20-30, having him hand the ball off. Let's get him in there, get him some real game experience and, uh, let's see what he can do. And then I know a lot of the questions going for him next year is kind of how this offense will look because of everything they lose. They lose guys like Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle and Najee Harris, and then you get Landon Dickerson and Leatherwood on the offensive line. And the thing with Alabama is, so they had four top 15 picks the previous season, and they got better the next season. Okay, so Alabama doesn't re, they don't rebuild, they just reload. So they'll be good to go next year. Um, Joe, I want to bring you into this. I want to get your opinion because you told me about you. Like, you really believe that there's a, a quarter. Like, I mean, of course, there's a quarterback competition. But let me get your take on Bryce Young going into this year. I mean, I think Bryce Young's a special talent. I think he's a, you, you hit the nail on the head when you called him Kyler Murray. And I think uh, that uh, if if we can get a Kyler Murray type, uh, if we can get a Kyler, Kyler Murray type production, then roll tide. But it took Kyler Murray uh, several years to kind of become what he what he what he became in college. You know, he wasn't he at Texas A and M. He didn't win the didn't win the starting job. He transferred to Oklahoma. Had to sit sit out behind Baker. 
Uh, so, it, you know, it might take Bryce Young a little bit of time to develop and get ready for the college game. Uh, yeah, you mentioned that he was brought in uh, several times this year and did, in mop-up in mop duty. But did he really look that impressive? I mean, I, I do see I do see the skill when he escapes the pocket and he found Devontae Smith for one of his touchdown passes. Uh, but but a lot of the time, he looked maybe a little overwhelmed out there. Now, you're a true freshman, so of course you're going to be a little overwhelmed here and there. Uh, and, and you know, you're just getting into the game for the first time. Uh, towards that latter stages where, where where he was getting put in, it's not always the best place to get thrown into a game. Uh, but you know, I think he's probably the best quarterback that, that's out of out of the three. But I also know that uh, Coach Saban's going to put him in a competition, and that Jalen Milrow and, and and Bryce Young and Paul Tyson, the three of them, are going to get in there and. Uh, They'll actually, thank the Lord, have spring practice this year, and we'll get to see them in an A-Day. Whoever leaves A-Day in the lead will be in the lead all summer, and then they'll get into fall camp and kind of do it all over again. I, I think Bryce Young's going to be the guy. I, I just think that uh, it's not as uh, clear-cut as maybe you're insinuating. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I understand. Like, I, I, I don't expect Coach Saban to name a starter this spring. Like, I, I don't expect – I honestly don't expect him to name a starter probably until the end of fall camp. Uh, but now the so kind of the question remains how how do you want Bryce Young to approach spring practice in the sense of well there is this uh, like I said like there is this obviously the huge belief that Bryce Young will be the starter next season so how do you want him to approach when he heads into spring practice one you want to see him at the front of the line for everything you always want him see, seeing him going first always taking those reps. But I think also you would like to see him step into a leadership position because you are the quarterback of this team. Even though you're not named the starter, you have to have the mindset in there that I'm the guy, that this is my team. So you want to see him, you know, stepping up in, in stretching lines or stepping up when a guy drops a pass, even if it's not his rep or something like that. Because you have to have that mindset now going in other than, you know, a week before he headed to the Miami game trying to switch it on. So you would like to see him have that approach going forward that he is the starter. This is his team. But every day when he heads out to practice, you want him to compete every single day like he's the third-string guy trying to move up the depth chart. Um, can we go to Pat? Yeah. Let's go yeah, to, absolutely. Yeah, let's go to Pat. Hey. Pat, how you doing this morning? Good morning. First off, y'all started off with basketball and uh, hey, scoring 115 points. Oh, no way – should coach have to apologize for the fact that he kept scoring? That, uh, hey, it's looks like this. Hey, if you can't stop me, hey, that's your fault. You know, that, uh, hey, we spread the ball around. We had a, I mean, I think just about the entire team made a three. Uh, uh, what do y'all think about that? Yeah. Should coach be apologizing for uh, us being uh, hot? No, no, not at all. I am not. You you can't tell somebody, especially someone who's, you know, trying to get reps, who's just put in the game to not play. Like, you can't tell them to go out there and, and kind of go halfway. It's kind of the, you know, just kind of throw a baseball reference in there. If you're up 10, telling someone to, to stop swinging. No, throw a better pitch. You can't tell guys to go out there, uh, stop playing, you know, kind of go halfway, especially when guys are trying to get reps. So I agree with you. He has nothing to apologize for. Yeah. Hey, and back to Kyler Murray, that, uh, hey, he didn't have an offensive line that was 6'6 six, six and 6'7 six, and, and all that kind of stuff about trying to throw over the top of them. That, uh, uh, you got to throw over top of them or you got to throw around them. But you go back, all the way back, you boys are too young to remember a guy named Francis Tartington. Francis Tartington played for the, uh, uh, the Vikings, the, the purple people eaters. The defense was a purple people eaters. He had a fantastic defense. He was five foot ten or five foot eleven. We might, I, I, I tried to say he was six foot, but I think that was a lie. But he was a great, great NFL quarterback. This is before these all these short people came into play. And your typical NFL quarterback, six three plus, eight, and can stand in the pocket and zip the ball all over the place. That's what the NFL does. But college is different with this spread out stuff, and that's why we're having less and less 
pro-style quarterbacks that are ready for the NFL. What do y'all think? I think so. I think this this height thing is really kind of overrated in football nowadays. Talking about a guy can't see over the line. Uh, while we've watched Drew Brees be, be successful for the last twenty years at six foot, and I think most of these guys, you know, outside unless you're actually six uh, six six, you have a little trouble seeing over the offensive line because you know those guys are all six five six six. So unless you're actually that tall, most of these guys in the NFL kind of have a little trouble seeing over them. So I think in that aspect, it's a little overrated. And with Bryce Young, I think I have no con- I have no concern about his height or anything like that. I think he'll be fine. Be able to see in windows and stuff like that. And then they can also use him more on the move, you know, get him away from, you know, behind some of that 6'6". Six, six. So, I mean, I have no concern about any of that. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, hey, I was so happy that uh, last Friday when we got Elijah Brown. Now, this Friday, oh, that depending on what the weather does Thursday night, uh, Ty Simpson is going to announce he's out of, uh, I think he's out of Tennessee up there somewhere. And, uh, Ty Simpson is very important as he is the number uh, two or so quarterback in the country. Uh, everybody says he's going up with Dabo. Well, if he goes to Dabo, he's going to go up and sit behind uh, Uncle A.A. I guess I said that as close as anybody else can. Uh, that he's going to be sitting. Bad, uh, so he might as well come to Alabama and sit. What do y'all think? Um, I mean, yeah, you can never have too many quarterbacks. I think we've all all like found that out that it doesn't matter. You like even if you have your set starter, you can never have too many quarterbacks. I think it's kind of the similar situation because they're both uh, DJ and Bryce Young are the same year. Um, honestly, it all at this point it all comes down to his preference, kind of. Uh, what's the better fit for him? But honestly, it, it's the same situation you're walking into. A guy, a team will have a starter. Um, he'll be kind of young, so yeah. yeah. Hey, but look, hey, about beating Dabo. Remember this: Bryce whipped DJ like a stepchild in in uh, in high school. I understand that. I mean, they, they got the most. They got the. Bryce they got the best like of each other. Stepchild. It didn't DJ didn't DJ win the state championship did, over Bryce? Yeah. He did. Uh, that was only because that was only because uh, 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 Bryce's whole team had COVID. No, they, no, no, I'm making, no, I'm making a joke about that. But <laughs> hey, they were they were all bad, bad sick. They had all kinds of issues in the state championship game. But prior to that, his junior year, Bryce beat him like a stepchild. You hear me? <laughs> I mean, they they got the best of each other for sure. I mean, they both went to fantastic high schools, loaded with uh, Division One talent. So I mean, they were both stars in high school. They will both be stars in college, and I think at some point they'll both be stars in the NFL. All right. Hey. Anyway, hey, hey. I promise you this: Bryce is gonna be the man, and oh, hey, it's all gonna be moot because hey, we've got it. Hey, we got a team that's reloading. Hey, that's what it says, reload, uh, rebuilding. No, it's reloading. Hey, this team is still, uh, I don't think there's anybody in the SEC that can play with them. I really don't, including Georgia. Because, hey, hey, Kirby don't have the ability to beat Nick Saban. But, uh, <laughs> he just doesn't. And uh, he's always going to be second fiddle. So Georgia might as well go in and fire him, too. What do y'all think? <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to go as far as saying to fire him, but I mean, so I think with Kirby Smart, he's a great recruiter, but at this point, I think he's a he's an okay coach. He should be a yeah. lot better, especially with the talent that they have at Georgia. But I mean, right. we'll see. Right. And, and, and one more thing before we leave: hey, uh, true or false? Hey, this fall we'll have a, a middle linebacker that used to wear orange in Tua Tua. To a Toa Toa. True. I think it, yeah, I think he will end up here. I know he wanted to, it was on his, his short list coming out uh, of high school. So if they can get him and Christian Harris paired together, that's that's a scary sight. That's the best linebacker duo you'll find in college football. Uh, oh, hey, I, I, we go back to, we go back to uh, having a, a great defense again. And, uh, hey, trusting Coach Saban, I promise y'all. Uh, hey, have a blessed day. It's just a process. Yeah. Thank y'all. Have a great one. Bye-bye. All right, Pat.
Yeah. All right. <laughs> that was Pat. Uh, we're going to head to break here. You're listening to Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, no wrecks and traffic pretty light. Now, we do continue to monitor the weather for West Alabama because some of our counties are under a winter storm warning or advisory. So just stay alert and stay tuned. The stimulus package sale is underway at Townsend Nissan. Spectacular savings, and yes, they really want your trade. I'm Captain Ray. Clouds increasing today, the high for this afternoon around 44. Tonight, widespread rain likely with the low at 36. Tomorrow, cloudy, maybe some lingering light rain in spots, the high 47. Friday, partially sunny with a high at 43. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Scott Smith and Southmark Design doing business for 17-plus years, specializing in graphic design services, commercial printing, promotional products, advertising specialties, and so much more. Basically, any and everything you you would need to advertise, promote, and grow your business. Through strong partnerships, strong customer service, and creative ideas, they'll help you market and grow your business. Give Scott a call at 205-292-4680 or email scottis at comcast.net and visit them online at southmarkdesign.com. Interact with the Martin Houston Show by calling us at 205-342-9904 or tuning into the Martin Houston Show on Facebook. Welcome back into the Martin Houston Show. I'm Kendall Hollowell filling in this week. I got my man Joe Gaither with me as well behind the glass, the real goat among us here at the station. Uh, we're taking your phone calls all morning at 205-342-9904. Uh, Joe, did you see um, so the College Football Hall of Fame put out a new display for Devontae Smith? Did you get a chance to see that? No, tell me about it. Yeah, so it's incredible. Like, if you haven't seen the images yet, um, the whole setup is clean. So it has, um, what does it have? It has his, you know, his number six jersey, number six helmet, a pair of his gloves, his towel, a Sports Illustrated cover. It looks like I think that's the Rose Bowl. Uh, His name tag for the national championship, and it looks like one of his, his jackets that he wore. I think, but um, anyway, the 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 whole the whole setup is is amazing. So I mean, hopefully it's down there in Atlanta. So hopefully one of these days um, I can make my way down there and I can and I can see it in person because it, it looks incredible. Um, so actually, I want to get into uh, a little bit about Devontae Smith. So last week I said Jamar Chase was the best receiver in this year's class, and um, I stick by it, but. I want to st- I want to talk about Devontae his Smith Smith's legacy just based off of just getting into it now after I've seen that display. Um, I believe he's the greatest college football receiver we've ever seen um, based on his resume. Like he's he's done it all. We've never seen a career like his. It began obviously back in his freshman year when he caught that game winning touchdown pass from Tua in the in the national championship against Georgia, um, and then from there it just it just skyrocketed. Uh, his junior year he catches almost. 70 balls for uh, 1,256 yards and 14 touchdowns. He would have been a first-round pick last year if he had come out. So he probably would have had Judy, Ruggs, and Devontae Smith, all three Alabama receivers, go in the first round. Um, and then he comes back for his senior year, and we, we, we know the story. 117 receptions, 1,856 yards, and 23 touchdowns. Breaks the SEC career record for most touchdowns. Brings home the Heisman Trophy, the third of the of the Nick Saban era also brings home the Maxwell, the Walter Camp, the Belinikoff, the Paul Hornung, AP Player of the Year, SEC Player of the Year, unanimous first team all All American. So he did it all. He brought it all home. Uh, so just getting into more of this, the Jamar Chase, Devonte Smith uh, argument a little bit. They're both worthy. He's also worthy of a top five pick. His weight is not an issue. His size is not an issue. I don't care if he weighs in at 195 pounds. I don't care if he weighs in at 165 pounds. His his opinion, his stock will not change because we know what kind of player he is. We don't. It doesn't matter what his size is when he goes out there. We know what he can do when he straps on that helmet and he hits the field. Um, as long as him, like Jamar Chase, you know, 
has a capable quarterback, they will both be Pro Bowl, all Pro level receivers. They're both that good. I think they're both the best receiver prospects we've had since A.J. Green and Julio Jones. And that's kind of the comparison I give them, that either one you go with, you're getting a dominant SEC player, um, one who will be your number one receiver for the next decade, hopefully, you know, brings you to a championship. But they're both they're both star receivers. But with Jamar Chase, I think that just – I think that people are really just forgetting kind of what he did in 2019 as a sophomore. And be, just be, just for the simple fact that he didn't play last year. And he didn't need to. There was, there was no need for him to go out there. Uh, you know, his stock wouldn't have changed. He already submitted. He's already a top five, top ten pick. He did it all. You probably saw, you know, the quarterback situation going on at LSU. Thought he'd probably be better to train, avoid that. Um, you know, also COVID issues. So a lot of factors probably played into that decision. Uh, Joe? I want to bring you into this as well because you know I'm always getting I'm I'm gonna get pushed back forever for this take. Um, so let me get some from you. Give me some pushback. You don't think that uh, NFL teams are gonna be upset about a player sitting out all year? You don't think that they're gonna take that as a you know maybe he doesn't have the mental makeup to that that, that we want to spend a top five top ten draft pick on? No, not at all. I think j- just for the simple fact that it was a COVID era and you just play in all the factors and like I said before, like. He wasn't going to improve his draft stock, no matter who went out there. Like, if he went out there and won five games at LSU, he'd probably be in the same position. His numbers would be way down, too, just based off of, you know, kind of what happened at, at quarterback for them this year. But I think just because it was a COVID year, um, I'm sure he's going to get plenty of questions about it throughout this process. All the GMs, all the coaches are going to want to know, why did you sit out? You know, he's going to give him, the, he's going to give him a real answer. And I, think, I don't think that has any effect on him. I do think, even though I think that Chase is the best receiver in this year's class, I honestly think that Devontae Smith will probably still get drafted ahead of him. You know, based off everything that he did last year, wins the Heisman, it's more recent year mine. So I still think that Jamar, I mean, uh, Devontae Smith will probably be the, the first receiver taken off the board. Yeah, I think he's going to be the t- first receiver taken off the board. And for exactly the reason I just said is, you know, with all things being equal, one guy one guy played this year and one guy didn't. One guy uh, showed his championship mindset, and the other guy, you know, well, one guy showed it the year before. Yeah, he did, and then he was, you know, he's selfish and quit on his team. Maybe How you, okay. Uh, I think it's different from a guy who opted out during the season, and I'm not saying that those guys quit on their team too necessarily. I mean, maybe some did, but I mean, he did it before the season. So I think it's different if he went out there, you know, played four games or something like that, and then decided, you know what, I'm not going to do this anymore. Maybe that hurts his stock if he did that, but I, I, have, I think him sitting out a year has zero effect on his on his draft stock. What if he would have been drafted in the same position had he not had he played this year, they'd be in the same situation because Devontae Smith probably still wouldn't have went out there, and he still would have won the Heisman and everything. So we'd be in the same spot we are right now. Yeah, and, and NFL teams are now questioning Jamar Chase. It was, if, if, he, if he had played at tw- in 2020, put up another 1,100-yard season, you know. Five, well, that you know. wasn't going to happen from the simple fact of what their offense looked like Oh, last dude, year. Uh, uh, Terrace Marshall had a good year before before he quit. Terrace Marshall was he over 1,000 yards before he quit, wasn't he? Maybe, right right yeah, at 1,000. Yeah, but maybe that maybe because that's because Jamar Chase wasn't playing. So, Maybe so, it's, so, so the it's production the same way, was there. Exactly. Well, it's the same thing with Devontae Smith. You can you can kind of give the same argument that the fact that he wouldn't have the same numbers if Jalen Waddle had been out there every week. Maybe it, maybe it's Jalen Waddle bringing home the Heisman if he's out there. It, it probably would have been. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I like I don't think that him not playing this year, based on kind of his stock already. I don't think it has any. Your stock, uh, your stock isn't like locked in. It's no, no, fluid. of course not. It's fluid. So you know, but you you have two years of film. What what could he have done this year that would have changed his stock? Uh, he he could have played and participated in the season to keep his stock at where it was. It's I the think same, by it's not, the same I way think by not playing, it, it drops. To where? I mean. Probably, I, I I would probably drop it lower than it actually is. But uh, no, no, no. I wouldn't. Where, where would you put it? It's probably the bottom of the first round. What? The middle from fifteen to thirty, somewhere in there. Fifteen to thirty. I mean, I would hope so. He falls to fifteen, so the Patriots can get him. I would. I would love to see that. 
Yeah, somewhere. I mean, that in that range, fifteen to thirty. If I'm an NFL GM if, and I got uh, Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith to take ahead of him, I probably would take because both because of both of them playing this past year. I mean, Waddle kind of played; he was hurt. Yeah, he Waddle gave, gave everything. He played in every game that he was healthy for, even one game where maybe, he wasn't. Maybe Jamar Chase wasn't healthy healthy in the fall. Oh yeah, so we then, don't know the full story. Well, that's always true. That's always true. We don't always know the full story. I just think that I just think by you taking a year off of football, uh, you know, we saw it in the NFL when Le'Veon Bell took a year okay, off of football. That's different. That's he was a, that's he, a he twenty-seven-year-old was, guy who has five years of wear and tear on him versus a, a, a twenty, twenty-one-year-old kid. Sure, but taking a year off is still taking a year off, no matter when you do it. You're never going to get that year back. You're never going to get that year of development and that year of uh, re- really skill sharpening back. So uh, I hope it was worth it. By not, but. I hope that it pays off for the guy, but uh, you know, if, if 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 I was a scout in the room, which obviously I'm not, if I was a scout in the room and they're asking my opinion, I'd say, well, he did sit out this year, uh, compared comparatively speaking to the other top end wide receivers. So uh, that I would that, that would be a detriment in my opinion. Man, fifteen to thirty. But that's still that th- that's it. still first round. No, you got to think he, they're not he, just he taking. He does not get past. Let's say. Philadelphia. No, probably not. I think that's. I think he depend, depending on like you know, kind of what happens with the first receiver taken. You know, kind of the first half. I don't think he gets past number six. And, and his skill may may deserve that. And and if so, I mean the Eagles. The Eagles are you know, that's a perfect place to, for to take a questionable wide receiver uh, for the for the Philadelphia Eagles. They're they're used to, to having kind of iffy receivers the last handful of years, so he'll be, he'll fit in perfectly. I'm I'm still blown by this this bottom of the first round first round like fall for him. Like, well, they're not taking you're not taking receivers with every pick. No, no, I, no, of course not. So like, it might be a, if no. if me saying that 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 makes him what the third or the fourth receiver. That's third not that or bad. The fourth receiver. You put him behind Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle. He's at three already. So it's only one more guy. <laughs> oh man, you. Joe, 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 we're we're definitely going to talk a little more off the air about this. But, I mean, would I be surprised to see Waddle go ahead of him? Probably not, just because of the skill set, because of what he can do for an offense. You know, you put him in the slot, put him on the outside, uh, definitely hand it to him what he can do in the return game. So, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see Waddle get drafted but of Chase. But, I mean, they'll probably all go within the top 12. I would assume at this point, um, but yeah, bottom of the first round. Well, that is top twelve. So you, 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 so I only have to have Chase slide three more picks. You're acting like it's absurd. No, you said bottom of the first round. Yeah, fifteen to thirty. That's the bottom half of the thir- of the first round. He's not pa- slide past number seven. To be honest, that is that's all right though. We'll 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 talk a little more. I'll, I'll get some people on my side. Uh, you're listening to Tie 100.9, the home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, no wrecks in traffic pretty light. Now, we do continue to monitor the weather for West Alabama because some of our counties are under a winter storm warning or advisory. So just stay alert and stay tuned. The stimulus package sale is underway at Townsend Nissan. Spectacular savings, and yes, they really want your trade. I'm Captain Ray. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show, and I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, Overflow Express Wash. Their mission is to provide great customer service with a showroom clean car and an exceptional customer service experience. They have the basic car wash that starts at $7, but you need to check out the premium wash packages, which start as low as $12 and go up to $20. They also have a membership wash club that you can get for starting at $23.99, going up to $39.99. In other words, just double the regular premium package, drop a penny, and you can be one of the great members of Overflow Express Wash. My family and I keep our cars looking good inside and out. 
by using Overflow Express Wash. They're located on Skyland Boulevard right next door to Alabama One, or you can find them online at overflowexpresswash.com. Andy Phillips and his team look forward to making you a part of their team. Nick Saban calls it the process. John Maxwell said that everything rises and falls on it. And Coach Wooden said it's what you learn after you think you know it all that makes the difference. What am I talking about? Leadership and personal development. Is your organization, your school, your church, your family, are they receiving the proper level of leadership development and personal development? If not, the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring can help you with that. We have our pep talks, which is a one to one and a half hour lunch and learn which we can customize to meet your needs, or we have some topics that we present that we know can help your organization. And if you're looking for one-on-one mentoring and coaching, we can also assist you with that. Visit peptalks35.com. That's peptalks35.com. Or send an email to martin at martinhouston.org. That's the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring. Welcome back to the Martin Houston Show, the sound of Bama sports. Your show, your team. On your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back into the Martin Houston Show. I am your host this morning, Kendall Hollowell. I got Joe Gaither with me as well. Um... Spent some time earlier on Monday talking about quarterbacks. So I want to talk about the quarterbacks that are coming in this year. Talk about the uh, the quarterbacks in this year's draft. And I want to start with Trevor Lawrence, obviously. There's no nowhere else to start. Um, with Trevor Lawrence, so there's no question that he's going number one. That was decided three years ago. That's that's already been written in. Uh, it didn't matter who had the pick. It didn't matter uh, who was in that position. He was going to go number one. So Jacksonville will make the easiest decision that anyone has made, honestly, in the last decade. Uh, the only question that comes up for him, really, is how does he stack up with previous number one picks? Uh, we've heard greatest quarterback prospects since Andrew Luck, the greatest since John Elway. And I think we're overcomplicating it. He's the greatest we've ever seen. We're, there's, I don't think there's any really doubt about it. What he is is a better Justin Herbert. And we saw how good he was as a rookie. He's a six six quarterback. With a cannon for an arm, he can make every throw on the field, has plenty of poise and patience in the pocket, and he's more athletic than we give him credit for. We saw that last year uh, in the Ohio State game, uh, and we've seen it you know, throughout his career. The more you look at the film, the more you can see that you know, Trevor Lawrence has some wheels to him. He can, he can outrun people if necessary. And these are all qualities that you know, Justin Herbert had coming out of Oregon last year, which is kind of really why I never understood why people didn't buy into him but for Trevor Lawrence I think outside of maybe maybe seven or eight teams uh they would take they would take Trevor Lawrence over what they have right now even after not seeing uh I mean even after you know he hasn't taken NFL staff yet most of these teams would take Trevor Lawrence outside of what they have right now obviously outside of uh you know probably Seattle Green Bay Kansas City Tampa Bay, Baltimore would entertain it, Tennessee, maybe, with Ryan Tannehill, uh, whoever Deshaun Watson plays for, but I mean, anybody after that, they would at least have a conversation. John, Josh Allen, they wouldn't do it, uh, but I mean, outside everybody else, they would at least have a conversation, see, you know, what would it take to move up to number one, but you know, Jacksonville's not budging from that spot, nor should they, or should they take any phone calls. If anybody calls asking for the number one pick, hang up. Simple as that. Do not, do not go. There's for always it. a price. There's always a price. Yes, you would. It, all right. So when was the last time Jacksonville had a franchise quarterback, a, like a legit quarterback? Maybe, maybe Mark Brunel. Yeah. I mean, was, you probably have to go back that far. Yeah. But I mean, there's always a price. But I think with Trevor Lawrence, I mean, for most of the people, I'd hang up the phone. Like, there's, there's no doubt about it. Like, you have your quarterback for the next 15 years. You have a 
probably a future Hall of Famer, a Pro Bowl, All Pro level quarterback. There's there's no doubt about it. Justin Fields. He's the second best quarterback in this year's draft. I honestly do not know why we were having a discussion about this. There's nothing that Zach Wilson does better than Justin Fields. Fields is bigger, stronger, faster, a bigger arm, more accuracy. Yes, he has more accuracy because, you know, it's easy to complete passes against whoever BYU is playing with when your receiver is open by 70 yards. Um, just by watching the games, you know Justin Fields has more accuracy. And I've seen him do it on the big stage against some really good teams. I know that Indiana game was bad, the the three interceptions. But let's not act like – we're not going to act like Indiana. So they were one of the 10, 11 best teams in college football last year, okay? That was not a bad team that they played. And then people need to stop acting like Northwestern was a bunch of scrubs that they played. All four of those guys in that secondary will be playing in the NFL. They have some backups in the secondary in that game. That will be playing in the NFL. That was a very well-coached team, and he did it without, you know, his star receiver, Chris Olave. Uh, still some guys missing from COVID. So, and he still won the game by 10 points. So let's stop acting like, you know, he was completely awful out there. I know Trey Sermon kind of carried them in, but I'm not going to forget two years of great play based off of a couple bad quarters, Okay. Um, and no one said that Justin Fields was perfect, which is kind of one of the sense I'm getting for, for Zach Wilson. But you also have to look at all the factors this past season for Ohio State. Um, I know people in Alabama don't want to hear it, but, you know, COVID, they started late. Okay, late process, you know, are we going to play? Are we not going to play? Do we hit the practice field? Kind of what do we do? Kind of a mess there. Uh, guys missing. We talked about Olave. Olave missed a couple games. That's big when you have you know, your top receiver not out there. Uh, there were games that went out there where three or four of the starters on the offensive line were gone because of COVID. Yes, some of that is kind of their own fault because of it, but, you know, we're living in a pandemic. Guys are going to miss games, uh, kind of not knowing whether or not we're going to play, get to Wednesday, Thursday. Are we playing this week? No. Don't have to play. Like, we're not going to play until next week. So, I mean, all of those things kind of play into, you know, them kind of being off this year. And then we saw it all come together when they had their guys back. And they were healthy. They, uh, we saw what they did to Clemson. You know, goes out there, was flawless, six touchdowns. Even after, you know, taking that, that huge shot, Stewart out there, it was great. He did it on a big stage with everybody watching. This is kind of what you want to see from a quarterback. You know, everything great about him was on display on that game. And then, you know, he goes out there, Alabama won. He, you know, he's kind of not healthy. And then, two, it's the, it's the best Alabama team that we've seen in the, in the Nick Saban era. Like, what did you think was going to happen? Like, everybody knew he was going to go out there. He was, you know, was going to kind of be iffy or something like that. But, I mean, it was, the, it was the best Nick Saban team. So so why is it, do you think, that a lot of people, that there are a lot of people that have Zach Wilson ahead of uh, Justin Fields? Do you, really want, do you really want me to say it? Yeah, I do. Some of it, I think, is a race thing, to be honest. I was trying to lead yeah. you there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think that Justin Fields has to be a lot like... As a black man, you, he has to be even further above reproach than Zach Wilson is to get that nod. Yeah, I think there there were like people are looking for flaws. They are looking for a reason not to like Justin Fields. Like I have not heard, I like I don't want to like completely bash on Zach Wilson here because there are some things that I like that I will get into. But I have not heard one bad thing about Zach Wilson. Like he's this perfect prospect. Like you know, I know he went out there in his junior year and he was kind of great. But you know, where was he his first couple years? Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, some of it I think is a race thing. Um, part of it, I mean, I think people are just looking for flaws when it comes to Justin Fields. Like all those things that we praised about him heading into his junior year didn't go away. He was great in his first couple of games, had a couple, you know, rough patches, which is okay. It happens. Nobody's a perfect quarterback out there. Trevor Lawrence has had some rough games or something like that. LSU game, um, was you know, it was okay against Ohio State, but it happens, okay? These are college kids. They're not perfect prospects. Nobody said they were perfect prospects. But, I mean, I think just at this point, like, we're looking for a reason not to like Justin Fields. Like, Trevor, like having Justin Fields go number four as the fourth quarterback taken in McShay's mock draft is absolutely ridiculous. Like, there's – I think he's probably the only person at this point that thinks Justin Fields is the fourth best quarterback available in this year's draft. That is that is insane. Um Go to Trey Lance. So Trey Lance is a guy that I'm actually high on, um, but I do think that he needs a year. I think he needs a, a a year to you know sit and watch, watch how a veteran operates in front of him. You know, 
kind of process the game a little bit more. But I think he is a guy that will be successful. Uh, you know, maybe in Atlanta, Carolina, he could sit behind a, a Matt Ryan or a Teddy Bridgewater or something like that. So, I mean, all those, all those are factors. Um, I got to get to another break. Uh, we are still taking your phone calls at 205-409-7877. You're listening to Tide 100.9, the home of Apple. 205-342-9944. The wrong one, yes. I, I said the temporary one. I apologize for that. Joe just said the right one. Please say it again for us. 205-342-9904. Yes, I apologize. I was reading the wrong one. You're listening to, you're listening to Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, a pretty good-looking Wednesday morning. Some slow traffic on Lurleen southbound into downtown. Everything else looks pretty good. Of course, if you do see conditions, give us a call. 205-886-8886. The stimulus package sale is underway at Townsend Nissan. Spectacular savings, and yes, they really want your trade. I'm Captain Ray. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa Thread. Good morning. Tuscaloosa Fire Rescue Law Enforcement and ambulances are on the scene of a reported structure fire. It's at 802 37th Avenue. Hoses are being laid, so be careful when approaching that area. The extreme winter weather not over yet for West Alabama. It's 19 degrees right now, and it will warm into the mid-40s today with some sunshine before giving way to another round of wintry precipitation this afternoon through tomorrow morning. Keep up with local news and weather on TuscaloosaThread.com. It's free. Don Hartley, Town Square Media, Tuscaloosa. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show. And I want to tell you about Tuscaloosa Custom Carving. If you're looking for a way to add value to your home, make your flower beds pop, make your landscaping stand out from your neighbors, then Tuscaloosa Custom Carving can help you do just that. They have numerous styles, but they feature the Moroccan Stone Curb Series, which includes four great styles and unlimited color choices. That's Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing. They are the one that can help you stand out from your neighbors. Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing, 205-331-6823. You may also find yourself with the need for a custom size stone or, or custom shaped stone. Then Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing can help with that as well. Paul Fuller and his team are waiting on your call right now for that free quote. And if you tell them that Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show told you to stop by, you'll get a big discount. So call Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing at 205-331-6823 or visit them online at Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing, LLC. The sound of Bama sports. Your show. Your team. The Martin Houston Show. On your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back into the Martin Houston Show. I am your host this week, Kendall Hollowell, joined by Joe, Joe Gaither as well. Uh, we are talking quarterbacks in this year's NFL draft. We talked about Trevor Lawrence. Uh, talked about Justin Fields, a little bit about Trey Lance. Uh, now let's get into the guy everybody wants to hear, Mac Jones. Uh, so for me, for with Mac Jones, he's kind of he's kind of one of the harder people to evaluate just for the simple fact that Alabama is so good. Okay, they blew by everybody this year. Like, I know a lot of that was because of Mac Jones. Um, but they also had, you know, two potential top 10 picks at receiver. Uh, Mechie, who also be a first-round receiver. Maybe the best running back of the Nick Saban era. Uh, and Najee Harris, or at least one of the best. Um, and a defense that's loaded with stars in first-round picks. Okay, so, like, kind of everything around him was perfect. He didn't, like, especially this past season, he, he like, he didn't really face any challenges or obstacles, which, you know, some of it is a little concerned for the fact that, you know, not everything's perfect in the NFL. You know, sometimes uh, times you have a losing season. Sometimes you go out there, you lose nine, ten games. Sometimes your receivers are hurt. Sometimes uh, you're just outmatched by the other team. You're outcoached. And there wasn't a moment where Mac Jones had uh, had a – where the other team had a, had a better coach or even a better roster or anything like that. Just That just wasn't the case. Um, and I think if he went to a Chicago or in, uh, New England, he could struggle a little bit because Alabama has more talent on offense than both of those teams. I know for sure they have a lot more talent than New England had on offense with uh, uh, kind of their struggles there. So I think that would prove to be um, 
a little bit of a challenge for him, at least early on, based on their offensive personnel right now. Uh, now I want to talk about what he does well. Okay, so he throws the ball with tremendous touch and accuracy. His ball placement is insane. Uh, some of the windows that he threw the ball into, uh, we saw it again at the Senior Bowl, you know, where it was on full display for some more people. Like, that part, like, there's no denying any of that. Like, all of those factors are huge. He has a high football IQ. You can tell that based off of, you know, just watching him go out there, that he has a, a very good understanding of the offensive game plan that he's had his input into it. You could see his intelligence on the field every Saturday. So all of those things are for him. Like they're playing well into his strengths. Um, the lack of mobility is a little concern. I know you would, it's just where I think we're just in a, in an era in the NFL where you would like to have your quarterback be able to move a little bit. Like no one's saying they got to be out there. They got to go out there and, you know, be Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray, or anything like that. Like they don't have to run a a four four or four or five forty. Like, but you would like to see them have a little mobility. You know, be able to, you know, create something with their legs if something around them breaks down, or be able to to move around a little bit. And I think we need to stop using the Tom Brady comparison. You know, as the same situation. Like, just throw throw all that out. Okay, like no, that ship has sailed. Like no. Body should use Tom Brady as the comparison. He's the outlier for everything. Okay, like there's, there's like don't just don't use that. Okay, and then Brady also has elite pocket mobility to be able to avoid people. Um, and I think Mac Jones has a little bit of some of that too. Uh, obviously not to the same level, and that's something that he can get better at in the NFL. But like to say him not being able to you know move a little bit better is a concern. It's kind of a lie, but I think if he goes. You know, I know every Alabama fan wants to see him go in the top 10, but I think if he lands to one of these teams in, you know, the late teens, uh, he could be, be, be uh, very successful at the next level. You know, if he goes to a Indianapolis, because I think, you know, better arm at this point, a uh, little bit more playmaking ability than a Phillip Rivers. Um, if so for some miraculous reason he falls to the center they trade up to get him that's a very good roster for him a great situation so i think he goes to one of these teams um you know with some talent around him uh that he'd be very successful to the next level so i mean we'll see we'll see how all this plays out where he ends up um pleasure as always to be able to talk to you guys in the morning go follow me on twitter at k hollowell underscore um Joe Gaither with me. Always a pleasure, my man, to have you with me. Um, I'll be back again tomorrow and on Friday, so hopefully you guys enjoyed it, and we'll tune back in. Hope everyone has a blessed day out there. You're listening to Ty 1.9, the home of Alabama sports. Let's celebrate. There's a party going on right here. A celebration.